Hello, and welcome to the Hollywood Critics Association's Foundation After Show. Each week on this show, we discuss the latest episode of the Apple TV Plus series based on the beloved science fiction novels of the same name by author Isaac Asimov. I'm Jamie Philbrook, entertainment journalist and critic for We Live Entertainment and a member of the Hollywood Critics Association. We have a great show for you tonight. We will be having a spoiler-filled discussion of the final episode of the first season of the foundation which just dropped tonight and is entitled the leap so uh as always i am joined by nikki fowler and back this week yale teagle hey guys how are you hello (laughs) are you guys excited to discuss the final episode of the series that we've been talking about for weeks absolutely it was such a great finale so so excited Awesome. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, Let's go and I will do a quick recap of this episode. So as we saw at the end of last week's episode, Harry's, we'll call it his ghost, uh, appears out of the vault and explains his true plan finally to everyone, which was not to gather knowledge, but instead gather people. He encourages the Anacreons and the people of Thespis to come together uh, along with the foundation and use the Invictus to fight the Empire. He also reveals to Salvor that she was not part of his plan and that he has not been sending her visions. Uh, she soon discovers that Gale and Raish are her real parents. Points for Nikki Fowler. Uh, <laughs> and we, who have been sending her her visions. On the verge of becoming mayor, Salvor leaves to find Gale, and we flash forward 138 years where we see Gale land on her home planet and find Salvor. Meanwhile, Day has a heart-to-heart with Dawn and takes his revenge on Day's girlfriend, or sorry, Dawn's girlfriend. Uh, But against his wishes, Desmorel kills Dawn. Finally, Day learns that the entire clone bloodline has been infected with imperfection and that even himself and Dusk could be imperfect. Wow, that was a lot. Um, I love this episode because it, it it really gave it to us, right? It gave a, it answered almost all the questions. I mean, maybe we'd have a few more questions we could come up with. I'm sure the three of us, but I mean, I felt like the basic questions of the series uh, were or of the first season of the series, I should say, um, were answered in this episode, and I found it very satisfying and and very rewarding after uh, nine previous episodes um i love a series that actually gives you the answers to the questions they've set up uh unlike some series that just uh let it drag on and on and on but um let's start uh nikki let me start with you uh just what are your basic feelings thoughts on this episode um Mm -hmm. what transpired what concluded and uh and then we'll kind of uh we'll 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 go to uh yale and then sort of deep dive into some of the uh specific issues yeah, first I want to point out that Yale, I believe you kind of predicted in the very first episode of our show or second that um that the parent or what well when Salvor was introduced that she could be 
uh, have the parents of you know Gail and um, Rach being her parents. I don't know if you remember that, but oh, that yeah, was me. Too. I thought that was well, you. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I've said it, but I think Yell said it. Yeah, very I said yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and then the parents were revealed. And you were like, I'm glad I was wrong. <laughs> but yeah, good, good point um, on that, Yale. But um, yeah, this was just a great episode. And I feel that Asimov's work is so broad that, you know, I, I just expected to get answers in a finale because there's just so much information and so much more to come. So I'm just glad that they ended with a lot of information, a lot of reveals. Um, I love the idea of uh, Selden's casket and the vault. That whole dynamic was super, you know, great sci-fi. I just loved it. Um, and also, you know, the reveal of Salvor's parents and Salvor reuniting with Gail. And um, again, the Hugo-Salvor relationship. We got one more juicy tidbit of them coming together to go apart again. So I'm here for all of that little relationship, <laughs> uh, not drama, but I'm just here for it. Um, and then this intense scene with um, Azura and Brother Day. I mean, just, that was just phenomenal and didn't expect that. And, you know, she's basically going to be tortured for the rest of her quote unquote life. So that was really intense. And I really enjoyed like every aspect of this episode. Yeah, totally agree. That scene was bonkers. Like the, the way he sort of um, systematically kind of broke her down was great. And I also loved the scene with Hugo and uh, Salvor, like, you know, very tender moment. I enjoyed that as well. And I'll, I'll say uh, on another point that you just made, Nikki, um, yeah, uh, you know, Asimov's material certainly um, is there to have all the conclusions, but kudos to the showrunners and the producers and Apple TV for really not stretching out a lot of stuff over several seasons and really giving uh, the answers in a um, condensed way in the first season. Uh, and as we know, there's, you know, there are questions that are left at the end for a second season as well, but it just feels very um, satisfying the way they did it. Yell, uh, Yell, what were your uh, thoughts on this episode? Honestly, I am torn. There are some parts that I love, some parts that I, I'm very angry about. So like, Yes, I love being right. I like that I'm right that, that um, <laughs> Salvor and Gail were related. I love that I called it. Um, I love that the the tiny little scene about the like the embryos and the the reproductive discussion. It was a very small scene one time, and I remember being like, "This seems odd." And I see people who are in our audience uh, commenting, like, have you forgotten about this one scene? And I think the show wanted us to forget so that it was a big mm. surprising reveal. But then it wasn't a big surprising <laughs> reveal because, you know, it, I called it. So I love that right. I was right, but I don't like <laughs> that I called it. It was it was not a big surprising reveal to me. Um, I will say... Uh, the vault being actually like a tomb and then bringing out his hologram. Um, I loved that. I think that was a really fun twist and a really fun surprise. Um, that said, things that he said really annoyed me. Um, so him saying that the foundation was never a curation of knowledge. It was about curating people. And if I, I understood from everyone else, the whole point of the books is that it was about curating knowledge. So um, I think that seems very odd to me. And then he also says this isn't the first crisis. 
um, as a response to what we see again, he says, this isn't the first, the foundation's first crisis and it won't be the last. Um, but everyone else is like, this is the first crisis. So I'm a little confused right there. That said, I agree with Nikki. The situation with Azora, the, the description of her punishment was vicious. Um, what is going to happen to her is just so evil. And I think that's so uh, in character with Empire. These clones uh, are pretty uh, bad. And so I love the way that they decide that they're going to punish her. Um, I think this episode, again, some things made me very excited and some things really uh, did not. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, all the things you just had to say. Um, I kind of do agree in the sense like, I, you know, with the uh, Salvor being Ration Gale's uh, offspring. Yeah. I, it, I think it had to happen like in order for everything to sort of make sense that had been set up that had to happen. But I also agree that it did seem a little anticlimactic because we kind of had thought maybe that was, I, I was hoping for something like a completely different direction that would explain it that we weren't, you know, thinking ahead of time. Um, and then the other thing when Selden said that it wasn't the first crisis, I took that more as like crisis in the term of like, something that this group had to overcome as opposed to mm. being like the first crisis, which was the name of that episode. So I do feel like that was the first, you know, crisis in the sense of the, you know, major things that they'll right, have the thing to overcome. That we're waiting for. <laughs> right, right. But not necessarily like we've overcome other things. I mean, that's the way I took it. I maybe see. that's, maybe that's an incorrect interpretation. Um, but no, that was I sort like of the way I took it. I think that's a really great way to look at it because, because I like went back and rewatched it to be like, Wait, so this isn't it? But I, I get what well, you're saying. Well, because he's inspiring them, right? Like he's giving the big, I mean, I mean, I would have to think that part of the plan, because let's remember, and it's it's hard for me to remember because the you know Jared Harris is standing right there. He's dead. That character is not physically alive. And so that computer hologram was programmed to give an inspirational speech. That's sort of the way that I saw mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, systematically or mathematically or however he uses his equations, you know, uh, realized that at that moment they were going <laughs> to they were going to need a pick me up. Right. And uh, so that's the way I sort of saw it. But I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't know. Nikki, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I'm not following your your version. Can you just expl explain that one more time? You're, well, so far as the crisis. Well, yeah, he, so he says that this isn't the first crisis that we, but the name of the episode is the first crisis. Mm -hmm. And we the were led to- This wait, episode is the leap. Uh, oh, the, no, no, but I'm saying the, a couple, ep like the, a couple mm -hmm. episodes right. ago. And mm -hmm. so, which would indicate that it was the first crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that what he meant by this isn't the first crisis we've had to go through, you know, I think he was using the term crisis in more of a, overall yeah. umbrella term like we've had to overcome other obstacles like just getting yes. here was you know what i mean but as far as sort of you know we'll i'll put in the terms of like asimov's crisis in the book for the foundation i do think that that was the first one with indictus mm -hmm. uh yeah so the first crisis is kind of ending now in right. this episode yeah. um 
but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, it, the way he said it. Um, yeah. So there's multiple that are going to happen. Um, but right. I, I get what you're saying. So the, it can be a little confusing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot to try to, to try to pick apart there. Um, well, it was, since we're talking about uh, everything that sort of went on with Harry and the vault there on Terminus, um, let's get into my favorite question on this show: Harry's plan. I mean, I think we pretty much know at least what it is up to this point that the first season ends, right? Mm -hmm. So. Were you surprised by any of it? Were you thrown off when he sort of reveals everything to Salvor and the fact that she wasn't part of the plan and that he actually, the hologram seems surprised at what took place. Nikki, wh why don't uh, you give your thoughts on that? Um, I was, um, you know, I feel that this is all still part of his plan. You know, the basis for the books, you know, and Asimov's work is found, you know, empires rising and falling and not so much the information with the, the foundation, as you can see, he lied. Um, you know, uh, he's basically saying he, he was not uh, being completely honest with them. Um, you know, his goal is to, you know, um, continue, civilization outside of this imperial empire i i would believe and so his plan is working now i don't know if i believe him when he's saying he doesn't know uh have anything to do with what happened with salvor and her visions and if she's part of the plan because he kind of you know gives information when he wants to so we just don't know and i like that suspense of still not knowing how salvor factors into this and that's really something great to take into the next season, which will bring me back, uh, you know, to want to watch it. But um, yeah, I feel it's, it's all part of his plan. Um, yeah. So I still feel it's, you know, on track and he knows more than he's letting on to. Yeah. Salvor is definitely a loose cannon in all of this. Um, two things. Yell one, uh, can we even trust a thing Harry hologram, Harry's ho Harry hologram, Harry's hologram says, because we know that he's lied throughout this whole thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, I think we can trust so much as I think this is his plan. I think his plan was to lie to them, to get them to all to this point. Um, and I think that that makes sense. I do think that his surprise at Salvor uh, is consistent especially because gail and Raish were never supposed to get together so like he couldn't he really did not think that was going to happen and so therefore this offspring shouldn't exist um and so i really i really like that uh part of it i think the fact that he lied to everybody feels so on brand and we've known from the beginning right like in the original trial he is manipulating it to get um, exiled because he knew that that would be where we'd end up. Um, I think my biggest issue is when he gives us this history lesson about the Anacreons and um, the Thespians and, and how the Empire caused their rift. I think that was fascinating. I kind of would have enjoyed understanding any of that history before <laughs> the final episode. Right. I think that would have been very, very useful um, because... He showed up in the last episode to go, hey, let me give you context for everything. Um, so that uh, was a little annoying. But otherwise, I really enjoyed it made perfect sense. I understood uh, the, the story. And I think that we're all on track for his plan, whatever that may be. 
Yeah. Nikki, let me ask you this, because it seems that in regards to um, Salvor being Gail and Raish's daughter, uh, it seems that the one thing Harry didn't plan for was love. Right. Like he couldn't his mathematical, uh, you know, theories could not um, discover that. Uh, and then also, like, is it too much of a coincidence for you to, you know, buy that she's their daughter? Like, it is very convenient to sort of wrap up this whole series and this whole first season. And I'm willing to go with it, but it, it feels a little convenient for me. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's, there's a lot there. Um, well, first off, I feel that, you know, a lot of Gail's messages that she was sending in the narration was on giving information, revealing information, and just how information shapes society. And, you know, that's on brand with Selden on, we withhold things, you know, um, that we don't want people to know. And it, you know, it's, it's a form of manipulating society. So I love that aspect. So I just, in my mind, I still don't know if, like I said before, I mean, it's not, it's very, I don't know. It's, it seems obvious that he didn't know about Salvor, but I feel that there's more to it that, you know, mm. I, I, I'm not ruling out that he didn't bank on that. Um, even bringing, um, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not banked on that yet. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I see how it's convenient, but you know, I, I still think it's, 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 um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So. Yeah. Yell convenient is, was that a little bit maybe of the issue you were getting at with that relationship? Was it just too like, Oh, of course. Um, I, I think, I don't know that convenience was my issue, um, but I think that it does make sense that he wouldn't account for love, right? There are tons of, um, sci-fi stories where like the big problem is they didn't see love coming or they didn't account for love or, or, you know, somebody becomes evil. And then the thing that breaks them is love and they come back and you're like, how could that have foiled it? Um, so I think that that being a theme is really interesting. Uh, but I think the show has chosen to just kind of ignore that that is a theme, if that makes sense. Mm. Like this is a big thing that he didn't account for but we're not going to talk about the fact that his math couldn't see love. I right. think that's really weird. Yeah, I agree with that. But, but to be fair to the showrunners and to the creators of the show, possibly that's something that they could kind of get into in the second season. So, sure. um, you, you know, how did he not see this coming? How did he, you know, that kind of thing. So that'd be interesting. Um, of course, the big moment at the end of the episode is the flash forward. I want to save that for a minute and uh, talk about what was going on with the empire. And then we'll get, we'll, we'll end on that note. Um, but I mean, we talked about a little bit that scene with day and uh and don's love interest was just frightening right uh, i mean how good was lee pace in that scene and then of course des morel and then the reveal of the imperfection in the clones so i'm just gonna throw all of that at you guys right now nikki let me start with you um just about sort of the whole empire side of this episode um, just super interesting. Um, you know, I've always been fascinated with Demerzel and where her loyalty lies. And, you know, we see her in one moment rubbing on her salt bracelet at the end when, uh, 
you know, she ends up actually um, killing brother uh, Don. So, and then revealing, <laughs> you know, this, you know, actually pulling off her, her flesh to reveal what looks like, you know, I guess she's a robot um, to allude to the, you know, robot aspect of, of, of Asimov's work. So it's really interesting. <laughs> um, just the whole breakdown. And then also with brother day, um, you know, basically having this change of thought and, you know, after going on the spiral, maybe, you know, we kind of see that he obviously learned a little of something uh, and he's having this change of heart. So uh, just really interesting. So curious, obviously, to know what part Demerzel is playing in all of this. You know, was she behind uh, Brother Don's uh, imperfections um, and also him getting, you know, kidnapped? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> so it's there's something there, though. Very interesting. Yeah, I think the question for me is with Desmarell, did she kill Dawn out of loyalty to the Empire? Because that is what would have been best for the Empire. Or did she use that as a cloak for some other reason why she did it? And then you're absolutely right. It, you know, pulling off her skin at the end, is she so, is she saying, I'm done pretending I'm a human. I'm a robot. I'm going to just be robot. And could this bring in some element of the robot wars that we've heard about in the past, you know, maybe they're kind of moving that to a different part in the timeline in the series. Um, Yell, what were your thoughts on sort of the, at the empire side of things and, and this whole, like really leaving the current day with the thought of that he and Dawn are, and dusk may not be perfection either. And where do we go from there? Yeah, um, I, I'm i going to be honest, the beginning of the episode, I was like, we, we've dealt with it. Like last episode was really exciting about this and I'm done. And then it it brought me back in. So uh, kudos to the writers um, because the, the idea that um, Don was so corrupted, he was so imperfect. Um, and then having to see Day decide, you know what? I've learned we need to adapt and maybe this is okay. And then I took Demerzel's decision um, to kill Dawn as her programming, right? Like she needs to protect the empire. And so far from what we've seen of these three at that moment, um, Dusk was the only one who was the, the empire, right? Day was thinking about accepting a corrupted clone and Dawn was a corrupted clone. So mm -hmm. at that point, the only thing for her to do, it seemed, was to protect Dusk's vision, which was to kill Dawn. And I took her frustration and how she reacted um, as uh, the, the like tearing inside her you know she loved this child she loves all of them um but her programming made her do it and i think that that is she was torn her heart was torn and so she reflected that by tearing off her own face <laughs> yeah i, I could, absolutely could have been that i it was some sort of rejection whether it was a rejection of who she had been pretending to be, who she really was, who the empire wanted her to be. I, 
hopefully those are threads that we'll get to explore a little bit in the next season. Um, well, finally, let's just talk about that sort of final moment, this flash forward. I'll set it up a little bit. We mentioned it before um, on the verge of sort of becoming mayor, uh, which we knew was her destiny for Salvor on Terminus. She uh, realizes she has to leave, go and try to find Gail. Gail needs her help, uh, says goodbye to Hugo. And we see her go off. And we had seen in a previous episode, of course, Gail decide to um, transport herself back to her home planet. And so we flash forward, I think it was like 138 years and actually finally see Gail arriving on her planet. Uh, she's in the sort of the sleeping state. I, I, uh, I'll call it that and wakes up and then discovers that Salvor is already there. So that's an interesting kind of time jump there. The show plays fast and loose with that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. And then of course that they, they uh, meet for a moment and then that's, that's the season. So I think, I think this whole season set up them meeting, right? Whether they're daughter and mother or not, like those two characters, they're our main characters. They are our hero characters. They needed to come together at some point. So I felt satisfied in that sense it just brings up a whole lot of questions i mean is it really 138 years later for salvor like that means hugo and everyone are dead right well hugo's got some weird he can kind of live forever can't he so maybe mm -hmm. maybe he'll still be around somewhere but that's a long time so um nikki let's start with you what what were your thoughts on the finale uh the sort of the, the final moments and and where does this lead us for season two um, yeah, the idea of this being 135 or 30 um, years into the future, um, you know, we saw that the um, um, Anacreans and people of Thespis are coming together and they're doing what Selden instructed them to do, which is just to build and to grow and to get the Invictus. So it'll be really interesting to see Salvor and Gale, however they, you know, come together um, possibly reuniting with this foundation, or I don't know if they'll be, you know, they'll go on to the second foundation, but it'll just be interesting to see that dynamic if they all do come together for season two. But um, I love the whole, you know, story of, you know, uh, Gail returning to Synax and, you know, just floating there with beautiful visuals and um, actually the animals, you know, basically the sea, sea life, you know, kind of, alluding to someone being down there, that whole scene of her going down, it was really beautiful. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great finale. It was a great final um, scene and just seeing the two of them meet. So um, I, I think, you know, definitely big things ahead for uh, the two of them and with the, the building up of the original foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Yell, what were your thoughts on that final moment? Where do you see it going in a possible season two? And if for some reason there's not a season two, is this a satisfying conclusion to the series? Uh, well, I'll start with that. Uh, no, if, if there's no season two, that was 100% not a satisfying conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've set up these two people. They finally met. No, that's not a great conclusion. But um, I will say uh, the, the idea of them being so far in the future is interesting, um, specifically because Gail knew that she was going back to her home planet and it would take 138 years or however many. 
Uh, and she got there and kind of seemed disappointed that <laughs> there was no one there or that even if there was someone there that, that she would know them. Girl, it's been 138 years. No, <laughs> you're not going to know anybody. Your parents are gone. Um, so I think that was an interesting choice that she chose to go home rather than to a planet where she <laughs> knows there are people. Um, but uh, I think seeing Salvor there now they have each other. So that's nice. And I'm in season two, I'm excited to see what that looks like and where that goes. Uh, as for Hugo, I just want to throw out that the reason he lived so long is because he kept being in pods like these, if I remember correctly. Oh, like okay. He, would, he traveled a lot and so would end up being in these pods, and that's why he didn't age. Um, and so, in theory, he could still be around, but um, the people of the planet probably aren't like the people that Salvor knew are probably not around. Right. Her parents are right. probably not around. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Uh, I don't know where it could go, but to see them together would be great because now we've got two very special gifted people um, who are very smart uh, that can do a lot of cool things. And I would love to see what that leads to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a really cool show. I liked it a lot. And so I, I would love to see a second season, um, especially with everything that they've set up and see kind of where, you know, they're able to take it and where it, it, it goes from there. Um, but this has been so much fun talking about this show with you guys every week for the last, I don't know, two months we've been doing this. Uh, we want to thank everyone for watching. That is it. That is the final episode of the HCA's Foundation After Show. Um, please hit the, the subscribe button, subscribe to the HCA channel. We have so many other cool shows and really cool after shows coming up for some new shows that will be uh, airing soon. So check those out. Thank you so much for watching us, those of you who have been with us all these weeks. Uh, Nikki, thank you. It's been a pleasure to get to do this with you. Let everyone know where they can check you out. Um, yes, everyone can find me on social media everywhere at Nikki Fowler 28 or at Glitter Magazine. Awesome, awesome. And Yell, it's been awesome getting to talk to you about super nerdy stuff every week. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can check your stuff out. Yeah, I am everywhere on the internet at Yell Teagle. That is Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. -E -E uh, you can find me on the Hollywood Critics Association channel on Hollywood Approved. We're taking a little winter hiatus, but all of our episodes are available now. Um, and for anything else, just find me on social and ask. Awesome. And I'm Jamie Philbrick. You can check me out, Twitter, Instagram at Philbrock, my name on Facebook. Uh, also, I host HCA Pop Council podcast every Monday morning at 11 a.m. That's where you can find me. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again next season for another round of the foundation. Until then, thanks for watching. Bye bye.